Brett McGarry. This week on The Couch Potatoes, is it still worth buying Blu-rays? I'll tell you whether it's worth picking up a copy of Avengers Infinity War. Plus... I'm Jeff Braun. Spike Lee may have made the best movie of the year. I'll review Black Klansman. Plus... Christopher Lambert once said, There can be only one. This week, that's the slogan for what's new on home video. First, it's the news... From the couch... Did your mom not have the talk with you, you know, when your private parts started growing? I'm quite aware of the way humans usually reproduce, which is messy, unsanitary, and based on living next to you for three years, involves loud and unnecessary appeals to a deity. Only 11 and a half seasons after the Couch Potatoes predicted its demise, the Big Bang Theory will vanish from the airwaves next spring. When it first began in 2007, we predicted it would be canceled by Christmas. Whoops. Instead, it will have run for 12 seasons when the series wraps up in May. And for many of those seasons, it's been in the top three shows of the year, averaging between 18 and a half and 20 million viewers. A lot of weeks, the only thing that beats it for pure viewership numbers is the NFL. The nerds at the center of the show have come a long way, from geeks who couldn't get dates to mostly all being married off now. Last year's finale saw Sheldon and Amy get married. Next Thursday. It's go time. I am pumped. The big day is finally here. Wow, you look amazing. Everyone's invited, and we do mean everyone. I'm going to need a minute. Is the wedding of the year on the Big Bang season finale, CBS next Thursday. No concrete reason has been given for why the show is ending, although it's widely believed that Jim Parsons was going to call it a day, and without Sheldon, there's not really a show. That's true, plus it's been 12 years, and once characters start getting married and having kids and stuff, it's time for a show to end. Parsons, already filthy rich from the show, they all are. They get a million dollars per episode, so there's no financial reason for the actors to keep going, and I would guess some of them would like to play a different part. Parsons is probably screwed in that department. Iconic TV roles can be hard to shake for a lot of actors, just as Kramer. So enjoy it while you can, folks. The final season of The Big Bang Theory begins September 24th. Howard. Yeah? Your shoes are delightful. Where did you get them? What? Bazinga. I don't care. We've been dating for over a year now, and I think it's about time people met my beautiful girlfriend. What about us taking an adventure east? Like Queens? Singapore. Colin's wedding. Don't you want to be my family? I hardly know anything about them. Every time I bring them up, it changes the subject. Maybe his parents are poor, and he has to send them money. Let's take a bag and get you checked into first class. Can't afford this. So your family is rich. We're comfortable. That is exactly what a super rich person would say. Crazy Rich Asians just opened this past week, and it's already getting a sequel. The movie, based on the book, cost twenty million to make, and it made thirty-five million dollars in its five-day opening in North America. So Warner Brothers said sold and ordered the sequel, China Rich Girlfriend, based on Kevin Kwan's second book. As you heard in the clip, the story is about Rachel, who heads east to meet her boyfriend Nick's family to learn they are crazy rich. 1.2 million. The Nick you're dating is Nick Young? Yeah, you guys know them or something? Hells yeah. They're just the biggest developers in all of Singapore. Damn, Rachel. It's like the Asian bachelor. 
These people aren't just rich. They're crazy rich. Now you really should have told me that you're like the Prince William of Asia. That's ridiculous. Much more of a Harry. <laughs> But there's a problem. Nick's mom, played by Michelle Yao, doesn't like her. Mom, this is Rachel Chu. She just thinks you're some, like, unrefined banana. No, no, no. Uh, those are your fingers. Yellow on the outside, or white on the inside. Do something crazy! I chose to raise a family. For me, it was a privilege. But for you, you may think it's old-fashioned. Don't you want Nick to be happy? I know you're not what Nick needs. She's like trying to play a game of chicken with me, thinking I'm gonna swerve like a chicken. But you can't swerve. You gonna roll up and be like, bop, bop, Okay, maybe like not as aggressive. Curious to see how this movie does internationally. We'll have a better idea of that after this weekend, as it just opened in a number of foreign markets, including Singapore and Malaysia, where the movie was filmed. Ever since I can remember, my family has been my whole life. Rachel. Rachel. If Nick chose me, he would lose his family. And if he chose his family, he might spend the rest of his life resenting you. You nasty. You got a nasty. You got nastier. A trailer released this week for the upcoming season of one of my favorite shows. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. What is sexual harassment? Who's ready to party? You don't really have any history of misbehavior at Patty's Pub. Just pop it up. Oh, this is fun. Oh, I'm using lemon juice and hot glue to close up the wound. The wound being a disgusting-looking bloody nose. Kids don't use a hot glue gun to play doctor. Sunny is a show about five miserable friends who own a dive bar in Philadelphia. They scheme against each other and anyone to get what they want, and it's always hilarious. It's actually been on longer than The Big Bang Theory. This will be its 13th season, and it's already renewed through season 14. A couple of weeks ago, we told you that Glenn Howerton, who plays Dennis on the show, was only going to be a part-time character this season because his NBC sitcom AP Bile got renewed. And in the Sunny trailer, they show us how they plan to include Dennis when Howerton isn't around. Okay, everybody, are you ready? Oh, oh Why did you get a sex doll of your old roommate? I was super sad, and you said I needed something Dennis-shaped to fill my hole. There are a lot of other funny gags in the trailer that we cannot mention on the radio. It's been a year and a half since we've seen the gang, so I'm excited for their return. Season 13 premieres on FX Canada September 5th. Drink up, ladies. It helps your prostate. Women don't have a prostate, damn it. Or is that what men want you to believe? Sunny, all new. Season premiere Wednesday, September 5th. Only on FXX. Dear Mr. Core, three days ago, my son Bailey was taken by wolves. No one in the village will hunt them. My husband will come home from the war soon. I must have something to show him. So you come to kill him? To kill the one that took him? I came to help if I can. To explain this if I can. Normally, I don't care about Netflix movies, but this one looks creepy and cool. It's called Hold the Dark. It stars Jeffrey Wright from HBO's Westworld. It's not the first time people died out there. The hillside is scattered with pieces of bodies. That's what you get when you talk to the villagers. People are dying. That's real enough. 
Davis to the devils. It's an adaptation of the novel by William Giraldi about retired naturalist and wolf expert Russell Kaur, played by Jeffrey Wright. He heads to northern Alaska to meet a young mother whose son was killed by wolves. Problem is, her husband Vernon, played by Alexander Skarsgård, comes home from the Iraq war and he does not take the news of his son's death all that well. You're the one found my boy? Yes. Can you raise the dead? No, sir. Then I have no questions for it. Never seen anything like this before. The behavioral term no. is savaging. No. We're not talking about animals here, Mr. Core. Well, if you say so. Vernon goes on a vengeful rampage, wearing a creepy mask while he does it, so Core has to team up with a local cop to stop him as they journey into the heart of darkness. The film debuts at the Toronto International Film Festival and will net land on Netflix September 28th. What's outside those windows? It gets in you. Find it. Kill it. Kill it. Kill it. Seven reporting for duty. Where the hell have you been? Enjoying death. Some more life got sucked out of the James Bond franchise this week. Director Danny Boyle dropped out of directing the next Bond movie, citing creative differences. He had signed on earlier this year. Everyone was excited. He's a great director who's visually inventive and may have found a way to get people excited again after Spectre, the 2015 movie that I haven't even bothered to watch yet and by all accounts is not very good. They were going to start shooting in December for a release in November 2019. Boyle also writing the script with his writing partner, so who knows what'll become of that. We'll get Keep you posted on Bond 25. You're one of the most beautiful girls I've ever seen. Thank you. But I think my mouth is too big. No, it's the right size. For me, that is. Watchmen. One of us died tonight. Somebody knows why. Somebody knows. I heard he'd been working for the government. Maybe it was a political killing. Maybe someone's picking off costumed heroes. Exciting news this week for fans of The Watchmen. We knew that HBO was making a TV pilot of Watchmen and that Lost and The Leftovers co-creator Damon Lindelof was one doing it. This week, HBO committed to a full series order, which means we'll get a whole season for sure. If you've never read the comic book series from the 80s or watched the 2009 film adaptation from director Zack Snyder, Watchmen is a superhero series that's a lot darker and grittier than your Superman and Spider-Man and X-Men types, at least back in the 80s it was. It's definitely more violent and there was also of nudity in it, so it ain't for little kids. The storytelling in the comics is also a lot more sophisticated than usual comics fare at the time. They're very highly regarded. I think a lot of the fans were sort of split on the movie. The movie was almost too faithful to the books, making for a sometimes clunky and a way too long movie. The TV show is not a direct adaptation, more a thing of new adventures with new characters, but in that same universe. We don't yet know for sure what it'll actually be, but the cast does include 
include Regina King, Jeremy Irons, Don Johnson, Tim Blake Nelson, and Lou Gassett Jr. No specific air date yet, but Watchmen will come to HBO sometime in 2019. The world will look up and shout, save us. No whisper. No. That is the news from the couch, and on the subject of uh, James Bond, yep. Jeff, did you hear the what happened with Idris Elba this week? Oh, more is he? No, I didn't. Well, he uh, he stirred fans' hopes, then oh. left them shaken. Oh. The British actor helped fuel speculation that he will be the next James Bond after tweeting a selfie recently that was subtitled "My name's Elba, Idris Elba." Echoing, of course, the famous 007 right, right. catchphrase. One reporter tried to find out by offering Elba a martini during the premiere of his directorial debut, Yardy, by asking Elba if he'd like it shaken or stirred. But Elba remained tight-lipped on the matter and instead responded with stir-fried. Okay. <laughs> Many Elba fans... He's having fun. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, fans have been campaigning for him yeah. to be the first black Bond now for years. Uh, but now Elba has denied he'll be replacing Daniel Craig as the super spy, answering the question on a British TV show with a blunt no. Wow. So he's out. Well, well, well last week we surmised that maybe he's probably too old. Yeah, well, that's not, that's nothing. He, he, until it, until he is James Bond, he, technically he's not, right? So right. he could, right now he can say no until that's negotiations true. are complete. Even if he shows up for one or two movies. I mean, look at Tom Cruise. Right, guy's 56 years old. It's true. He's still making action movies. It's true. Idris Elba, how, what is he, 49? No, no, no. He's 45. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, if you go in Tom Cruise years, then he's got a solid decade of James Bond in But him. he hasn't been pumping in the mystery Scientology juice into his veins for the last 30 years like Tom Cruise has. That's true. So it's keeping him young. Don't know if John Travolta screwed that up, but... <laughs> Next, we're going to tell you about a movie starring Don Draper, Hawkeye, and Andy from The Office. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Susan, you take Jerry to be your husband. What's the difference between Episcopalian and Lutheran? Episcopalians don't eat fish. That's pescatarian. That's not a religion. They're all fanatics. I don't know. You you may kiss the bride. (laughs) I love you. Please tell me what's going on here. Our group of friends has been playing the same game of tag for 30 years. What? You can't touch this. I'm Brady's Chef. We are the Couch Potatoes having a look at what's coming to home video. And there's only one title. Yeah. And it's called Tag. And uh, if it's exactly what Ed Helm said in the clip there. It's about these guys who are now about our age in their 40s who've been playing tag for 30 years across the country, as it turns out. Because they all grew up and moved away. And the, the, every, every May... Is dedicated to tag and to keep their eyes. You got to keep your head on a swivel because the guy comes out of nowhere. There's one guy uh, tags another guy while his wife's giving birth in yeah. the delivery room. Yeah, another happens at a, f- a father's funeral. <laughs> Just it's insane. It's a comedy. It's really silly, but it was actually it was. It's more fun. It's better than it has any. You business saw it? Being. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I gave yeah. it. I think three and a half coach cushions out of five. Uh, Based well, on a true story, right? Yeah, and that's the best part is the end credits where they show. Like uh, VHS home video footage of the real guys doing it, and they're old now. They're like fifties or sixties now, and dressing up as old ladies to 
ambush a guy and stuff like that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's hilarious. It's just, yeah, it's, like I said though, it's really silly. Uh, it also stars besides Ed Helms, Jeremy Renner, uh, John Hamm, comedian Hannibal Burris, and Jake Johnson. He played Nick on New Girl, so that's what we know him. I've actually recently been getting caught up in old episodes of New Girl, and I realized that it has been a long time since I really watched New Girl because I noticed that it was like all the dates were like March, April, May. But I know there was one point where it jumped from like April 2017 to April 2018. So there oh. were like a full year went by. So I've had episodes of New Girl sitting on my PVR for well Holy over smokes. a year. That's, that's funny. So far behind. And they're all there. Everything's fine. It's not where, because I do that sometimes and then I'll start get all into it. And then like the first 10 minutes is gone because like a football game went long. Oh. Earlier that day, months ago, oh, and boy. it's like, well, now what? Now I'm screwed, you know. Well, so far <laughs> I've watched I think three or four in the last week. So far it's been okay. Right I I, I kind of want to just drop it, but I can't. How I'm much? So close how, to the end. How much do you have left? I think nine episodes or yeah. two, uh, maybe ten. So I think two from the last season, and then the eight that was the last season, final season. Yeah, that's easy enough. You should be able to power through that. Hey, up next, Jeff's going to tell you about. The new Spike Lee joint being described by many as maybe the best film of 2018. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. Went to the movies this week. It's been out for a couple now. See it while you can. It's called Black Klansman. The KKK is planning an attack. How do you propose to make this investigation? I'm going undercover in the Ku Klux Klan. You ready? Born ready. The wars are coming. I gotta get in deeper with these guys. That's what I'm talking about. Power to the people. Black Klansman in theaters August 10th. Black Klansman starring John David Washington, Adam Driver, Laura Harrier, Corey Hawkins, and Topher Grace. Directed by Spike Lee. It's at 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, it's opening weekend. It came in fifth. Last week came in seventh. It is technically a hit because its budget was $15 million and it's made over $25 million already. So there you go. That counts. Uh, first up, I will just point out that John David Washington is Denzel Washington's son. He's not the spitting image of his dad, but there are there were two points in the movies where I went, whoa, he's Denzel's son, all right. One was when he, he said a line and there was just something in his voice. And then there was another bit where he was doing like a little bit of a strut or something and it looked exactly like Denzel's body language. But John David Washington is his own man. He's terrific in this. He needn't spend a lot of time in his father's shadow, I don't think. Apparently, he's also in the HBO show Ballers, starring The Rock. You seen him in that? Correct. Uh, is he's, he like a main guy in that? Yeah, he's one of the main stars. He's very good. Right on. I have not seen the show, so this was my first chance to see Washington. The movie, based on the true story of a Colorado policeman named Ron Stallworth, who infiltrated the Ku Klux Klan in the 70s, despite the fact that he's a black man. He had help. A white cop, played by Adam Driver here, would have to do the face to face stuff with the clan. Stallworth set it all up and kept it going over the phone, though. Stallworth also meets a woman, Patrice, played by Laura Harrier, who is the president of the Black Students Union at the local university. She also 
catches the attention of the KKK for her activism, so everything's kind of connected that way. There's also the fact that Stallworth is a rookie cop, so he's sort of fighting that battle at the police station. Life's always a little bit harder for the rookies. But of course, the big fight is against racism. There are all the obvious racial issues front and center on the surface of the story, and then there's a lot of subtext about the current alt-right and the Trump administration, and there's a direct coda at the end about Trump that is very powerful. It's nothing new, just a very powerfully presented depiction uh, tying this story in the movie uh, about Stallworth to things that are happening in today's society. Now that may sound heavy, and yes, there are heavy moments in the movie, and it's obviously about serious subject matter, but Black Klansman is one of the most entertaining movies I've seen in a long time. Spike Lee injects a slightly surreal quality to everything, from the zippy dialogue to the tone of voice the characters use. Uh, it's not really a comedy, but you will laugh at times, and Spike Lee says, it's okay, don't be afraid to laugh. The KKK guys are made to look like idiots, they are buffoons, but it never gets too cartoony that you don't believe their hate and you don't believe that they may become violent. There is real tension with them, especially when you think that they may realize that Driver's a cop, but you're also still laughing at them because A, is racist, they deserve our scorn, and B, the cops are playing them beautifully. It's really funny uh, all the, every time. None more so than the Grand Wizard himself, David Duke. He gets played, he's played by Topher Grace, and Stallworth plays him like a fiddle. He becomes friends with him over the phone, and then Driver impresses him when they meet in person. Spike Lee has ingeniously created a movie that walks this tightrope of drama, comedy, action, suspense, reality, surreality, it's both down to earth and bonkers all at the same time everyone's game, everyone's on the same page I was actually pretty amazed, it's very original Spike Lee's always been a good director this I think will stand out as one of his best I do imagine though that Do the Right Thing and Malcolm X will still be what he's always known for but this should be up in the conversation Spike Lee, not shy about voicing his opinions of course, I think it's fair to say that a lot of people find him preachy, which makes the movie all the more impressive because it is not preachy he is restrained in that department, having figured out how to make his point without lecturing or sacrificing any of the entertainment. Early on, there's a scene where a famous activist, a Malcolm X type played by Corey Hawkins, who was in the... I was going to call it Get Out of Compton. What's it called? Not Get Out of Compton. Straight Out of Compton. Straight Out of Compton. <laughs> uh, he played... Uh, who do you play in that? He was Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre, that's right. And he was also in the 24 reboot, right? Yeah, 24 Legacy. Anyways, so he plays this Malcolm X type. He speaks to the Black Students Union and gives this fiery speech. But again, it doesn't come off as the writer-director trying to lecture the audience. It's just a terrific performance by Hawkins. It's germane to the characters and their stories. It just works. I don't know what liberties Lee has taken with the true story, but... My usual gripe about true story movies is that the endings always suck because real life is not like a Hollywood movie. No complaints here, though. There are a few different threads that need to come together at the end, and they all work. There is one storyline, however, where the ending, and it's actually a very happy ending, a comeuppance that is deserved, it sort of felt like it was too good to be true, certainly in the manner in which it unfolded. But again, I, I won't begrudge him that. Uh, then, like I said before, there's this coda about today's state of affairs as it relates to race relations in the U.S., specifically with the president. That really drives everything home. Um, Spike Lee won an honorary Oscar two years ago, but he's never really won a regular Oscar for writing or directing. I don't know what else we can expect come award season, what else is coming up this year. But from where I sit right now, it looks like this is Spike Lee's to lose. I give Black Klansman four and a half couch cushions out of five. Yeah, this one's getting just solid reviews, and it's been a while, really, since we've heard so much buzz yeah. about a Spike Lee movie. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so it does look good, uh, and I, 
Yeah, man, I need, think I need to go check out this Spike Lee joint as well. Before we talk about the Avengers Blu-ray that I went and picked up, yep. do you want can we talk about Big Bang for a couple of minutes here? Sure, yeah, sure. So as you pointed out at the beginning of the show, we did boldly predict when we were doing our fall television preview in 2007 that the Big Bang Theory would be canceled by, by Christmas. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, when you call canceled by Christmas, you're right. Yeah, you could tell... When a show looks really bad, it's pretty obvious. Well, and I I don't know that we thought this one looked bad. I think we just thought there's no way this will succeed. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, how can you sustain a show where it's just nerd jokes for the whole thing? And somehow it worked. And to their credit, they've dropped a lot of that. Like the show's evolved over time, so it's not like that started out as a hook, but that's, it's basically just friends now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Did you like that show? The Big Bang Theory? Yeah. Do you, uh, do you like it, I guess? I, should I watch it every week. I don't always laugh every week, but it's been on for so, so long. And now yeah. that I know there's only one season left, I'll, I'll ride it out. You'll I, ride it yeah, out. So that's me not even answering the question, but that's my explanation. Well, <laughs> yeah, and it's it's not a show that I've ever gone out of my way to to, to watch. And it is a show that, that there are times where I just think, God, this is dumb. But at the same time... If I if it's on passively, like if I go to my parents, my yeah, dad, yeah. And my sister like to watch it, I'll I'll kind of enjoy it sort of casually. It's yeah. a show that if it's on, and it and I'm like I, I wouldn't put it on consciously, but at home. But if I'm there and it's on, I'll watch it and I'll enjoy it. But I I never could get into this one fully. Yeah, it's it's not it's never never going to go down as being like a great show. It's it's like it's the McDonald's of TV show kind of thing. It's very comforting to. Snack on or whatever, but if you if it's all you're going to eat, that's going to be a problem. Easily one of the most popular shows, I think, yeah. of all time. That's got to be safe to say, right? That blows my mind still, yeah, for sure. F- certainly of since like 2000. Yeah, as you pointed out, up to 20 million viewers a week for the still. sitcom. It's the longest running multi-camera sitcom. You pointed out that Always Sunny. Although, how many episodes a season for Always Sunny? No, they only do 10 a season, so. Okay. Or 13 tops. So this is, yeah, way more episodes. Yeah, I think 279 is what they, I can't remember if it's what they're going to finish at or if it's what they're at right now, but still, that's a lot of episodes. So yeah, surpassing the likes of Seinfeld and Friends. Cheers. Cheers only had 275, I think. Oh, wow. That was over 11 seasons. Okay. So there you go. Yeah. You never hear of- Famous Cheers. You never hear of shows going, like Cheers and Frasier both won 11 seasons. And I was like, wow, those got to be the longest, but this is a little bit longer because Friends only went 10. A lot of other ones stopped well before 10. Yeah. Seven to 10 is usually the Many best. would argue that Big Bang Theory should have gone sooner. I would don't, I don't think so because it's gotten better as it's gone along, weirdly enough. That is weird. Like the last, I would, it's been on what, 11 seasons? I yeah. would take the last six years over the first five years all day, every day. Really? Yeah. The, I can't even, the first three or four seasons, I bet I couldn't even watch those at this point. All right. So Big Bang Theory coming to an end after season 12. And as uh, Jeff mentioned off the top, no confirmed answer from the network, but it, it basically looks like Jim Parsons is ready to pack it up, pack it in. And without Sheldon, there's no show. I wonder if he'll continue to do the voiceover for young Sheldon. I bet he will, because I bet that's a real easy job that gives him a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those Simpsons guys keep doing it. They work like two hours a week. Yeah, and they get paid lots and lots of money. <laughs> Speaking of lots of money, a movie that cost lots of money to make, but made lots more. 
I bought it on Blu-ray this week, Avengers Infinity War. I'll tell you if it's worth picking up. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Brett McGarry, Jeff Ron, we are The Couch Potatoes. Just did some quick Google foo, the both of us. I don't know why we didn't just do this during the segment. I can confirm that Big Bang Theory will end with 279 episodes. And what did you just look up, Jeff? Uh Oh, I was just looking up Cheers on DVD. I can get the whole series for $111 from uh, Amazon. And it was 11 seasons, so that's 10 bucks a season. And it... Like I uh, confirmed, I looked it up as well. It ended at 275 episodes, so Big Bang's going to beat Cheers. And you heard Jeff use the word DVD, and I've used the word Blu-ray throughout the show, and you might be wondering, Hello. some of you might be wondering, what are these terms these two guys are talking about? Well, you can. turns out you can buy a disc and put it into a machine and watch something with that, as opposed to just streaming everything. Believe it or not... There is good quality programming out there that is not on Netflix yeah. that originated elsewhere, yeah, yeah, yeah. such as a big studio film like Avengers Infinity War. This week I bought the Blu-ray. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if we could become something more. So when they needed us, we could fight the battles. That they never could. So, Avengers Infinity War, I'm not sure that maybe The Force Awakens, but other than that, I don't know that I've ever been as excited for a film as Infinity War. Really? Yeah, well, because this is what they've been building towards for years, right? Like That's this, true. this was the well, it, and it, I guess next or next year, yeah, yeah, yeah. when uh, part two comes out, that'll be the pinnacle, and then they'll have to, I guess, move off into a dire- different direction when the story will finally conclude from the three phases of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But uh, I was stoked for this film. Worth pointing out, still not the biggest film of 2018 domestically. Still Black Panther? Black Panther, $700 million, just over $700 million. Avengers Infinity War, $678 million. Uh, but Black Panther's worldwide take, $1.3 million, and Avengers... Pardon me, $1.3 billion. Did I say million? $1.3 billion, while the Avengers is over $2 billion. So Avengers, technically the biggest movie of the year, but if you're going by domestic, hmm. it is not. But uh, I was contemplating whether or not I should just just watch it like on demand, just order it off my PVR, yeah. order it through my cable company, or if I could- or just wait. Or if I should get- Just wait. For Netflix. Nah. Black Panther's coming September 4th. Yeah, see, I could do that, or I could have bought it on digital HD. Right. Although, had I, if I would have done that, then I'd have to Chromecast it from my phone to my television, and the, the quality isn't quite as good. Like, for me, no, that's, that's just it. The Blu-ray you get, you don't have to worry about whether or not your cable company is going to have problems, because sometimes you get that pixelated stuff, or the sound isn't as good. I know I can order it in, in 1080p HD, but I wanted to get it on Blu-ray. What I really should do is invest in 4K. Get a 4K TV, get a 4K Blu-ray. Whoa. That would be nice for this kind of a film. That's true. And it was, I'm glad if I, because I, I did intend to go back and see Avengers Infinity War in theater. Of course I never did. I say this about it. I, th- I did go see <laughs> Thor Ragnarok twice. That's true. That's one I went to see twice. But Avengers, I didn't go see it twice. I'm glad I picked up the Blu- Blu-ray though, because I don't know if you remember, Jeff, there were a couple of complaints that I had about that movie 
and this is a problem for a lot of 3D movies, is that some of the scenes, I just found it to be too dark. Yeah. Like, I, does, that's what I hate about 3D. There's one, like there's a fight that Vision and the Scarlet Witch are having with a couple of the children of Thanos in uh, like this courtyard. And there were a couple of shots on the big screen where I couldn't really tell what was going on. So it was nice to see it crystal clear on Blu-ray. And I thought, oh, okay, that's actually sort of new. Where I was a little disappointed was the special features. I mean, that's, I think, part of the whole reason why you buy the Blu-ray. When you invest 30 bucks, you're not just getting the movie, but you want to see some of the featurettes. Obviously, trends have changed. Like, there was that huge trend towards 12 hours, 24 hours of special features. The time I have spent watching the special features of The Lord of the Rings, it, uh, it saddens me. Yeah, that Lord of the Rings extended trilogy. If you were Holy to watch smoke. And I did. the movies and the special features all in one fell swoop, yep. how long do you think that would take you? A week. Yeah. Because each four-hour movie with the extra scenes had at least three commentaries. Oh, and the commentaries. See, yeah. I don't do the commentaries oh, really? either. Yeah. I, I know on Fellowship, I did all the commentaries for sure. I think I'm probably just dropped down to one or two commentaries for the next two. But yeah, it's a lot. Of stuff. Yeah. So now they the movies are not piling on as many special features because they know people don't really care about them that much. But still, for a big event movie like Avengers, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more. Yeah. There were four or five featurettes, and none of them were more than five minutes long. There were a couple of deleted scenes, which were sort of neat, but... You can. I understand why they ended up on the cutting room floor. They would have added nothing to yeah. the movie other than slowing it down. And then there was like this two-minute gag reel, which yeah. probably was already online. That's the thing. All of these featurettes were probably already online. Half the time, they pump these things out on YouTube before the disc even hits. Yeah, or they're playing in the theater while you're waiting for the movie to start. Yeah. Uh, spoiling everything. Just like uh, I actually went and watched Mission Impossible again last night mm-hmm. with a buddy of mine who had not seen it. And before the movie started, there was a five-minute uh, special feature that they were showing pre-movie about one of the stunts in the Mission Impossible. Yeah. So it was like, and I had already told him about it because I was like, look, they're going to show up before the movie anyways. So this isn't, it's a bit of a spoiler, but you're going to see it before the movie starts. <laughs> so there you go. So I guess the verdict is, eh, I said, should you pick it up? I don't know that I can make that recommendation anymore because, as Jeff pointed out, you can wait for Netflix or you can rent it on demand on your PVR. The special features aren't quite worth it. I do like having that hard copy, though, because for me, a Blu-ray does pump out a bit louder sound. Like, when I watch something on Netflix, I can, I like, I have these stereo cinematic headphones that I use because oh, yeah. I live in an apartment, so I don't want to play a loud stereo. You're a nicer neighbor than I am. So Netflix, I can pump it to the max and it's still not loud enough. With a Blu-ray, I have to put it not even halfway yeah. and it blows my head off. Hmm. So I would, if you're uh, hardcore, like you need the best picture, you need the best sound, get the Blu-ray. Otherwise, don't bother. And that's all the time we have. I'm Brett, he's Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes. And remember, if it requires getting up off the couch, don't bother. Don't bother.